keynote speaker who's going to talk about uh, helping consumers tell their stories in a net connected world. Uh, Larry Leslie, Senior Vice President for HP and the digital photography and entertainment business is here today. Uh, Larry has a long and distinguished career with uh, HP beginning all the way back in 1980 in the finance group there. And I haven't known Larry that long, but I have known Larry for a few years now. Uh, Larry's a very avid photographer. Uh, he takes a lot of pictures, and one of the things that Larry likes to do is not just take pictures, but he likes to tell stories with his pictures there. So everybody, I'd like to welcome Larry Leslie to the stage here. Well, thanks, Ed. Um, I'm very happy to be here. I'm uh, excited about the agenda uh, that we've got today because you're really t uh, hitting on a lot of very relevant topics and I uh, hope there'll be a lot of uh, exchange of, of great ideas. It's always difficult picking a topic uh, when you're called the keynote because uh, then you go back and you look at the agenda and you find out there's these, all these expert panels that are going to follow you. And uh, the last thing you want as a keynote is to have uh, someone on an expert panel contradict everything you just said in the morning. So I decided to pick this topic, helping consumers tell their stories in a net-connected world, because basically with a topic like storytelling, it means that I can pretty much make up my whole presentation, and no one can contradict me because it's my story and I'm sticking to it. Now somewhere up here I should have a uh, remote control here. We'll fly through this as fast as possible, but basically there's a lot of positive things going on in the uh, world of photography at this point. Digital behaviors are increasing, digital barriers are decreasing. The behaviors of people, as Ed said before, uh, literally capturing, storing, sharing millions of images. The other digital behaviors are that they're using those images, using digital technology in very creative ways. They're using these images to tell their life stories. Barriers are declining. People are becoming more comfortable with digital technology. Uh, the learning curves are increasing at a rapid pace, and the manufacturers and the service providers are really doing a great job in terms of accelerating the pace of ease of use. For those people who may not be as comfortable with the technology, what's happening is they're starting to build out their network of smart friends or advisors, if you will, to help them through be, uh, the uh, learning curve because they want to get involved with digital technology. Now what's not changed is the fundamental motivations around why people do photography. They really still want to take a great picture, they want to preserve their memories so they can tell their stories, uh, and that's what we find when we go out and we do an awful lot of research. The other important thing about photography in general is mom's back. Mom's using her photos to emotionally connect with family and friends. Now, it may kind of sound kind of weird, you know, mom's back, where'd she go? Well, the way I describe it is there's really been two revolutions in photography over the past few years. The first one's pretty obvious, and that's the transformation from analog to digital. And that's really what this conference is about and a lot of the uh, work that you guys do in your everyday job. But the second uh, revolution is really all about mom taking back control of the family photos. If you think to the first revolution, mom was ignored by both the manufacturers and the retailers as they focused their energies on the early adopters, 
the kind of gadget-loving, technology-loving early adopters, primarily male audience. Well, now, because of ease of use, because of the uh, work that we've all done to try to bring digital photography to the mainstream, mom's back. The retailers and manufacturers see mom as a very important target segment. Very important because, as you see up on the slide here, mom prints an awful lot of pictures. She also tends to determine where those pictures get printed. The other interesting thing is moms typically influence other moms. Something like 96% of the time when you ask a mother, uh, did they consult another mother in a purchase, 96% of the time they consult each other. So they're influence. And the last thing is that mom's awful busy. And she doesn't have a whole lot of time to learn a lot of new technologies. So when we bring digital photography mainstream, it really means that we need it with simple, easy-to-use interfaces, and it has to be intuitive. Now, mom has traditionally been the historian in the family, has traditionally been the person who has, in fact, archived and preserved the stories of the family. So if mom's somebody we really need to listen to. We need to listen to what she needs, the tools that she needs, to be able to help her with this task of remaining the family historian and preserving those stories as we move forward. At HP, we've done an awful lot of <clears throat> excuse me, uh, research with moms over the past few years. And this is kind of what they've been telling us. They say, from a digital photography standpoint, I want impressive, compelling output, I want consistent success, and I want immediate access. Let's kind of start from the bottom, immediate access. And I love the quotes that are up here because this is the voice of the customer. The first quote down there, I hate having to hassle my sister to get the photos from her. Mom loves the idea of a secure community website, a place where she can post her photos but also get access to other moms who may have taken images at that same time, where friends, family, or so forth. So she can take advantage of all of the photos when she's doing her creative projects. The second one is consistent success. And the quote there is, my memories are held hostage by my lack of understanding and my ignorance. Well, wait a second. Mom is not ignorant. I mean, I have the same experience with technology that mom does. Usually when I'm learning a new technology and I know that my friend has had a successful uh, uh, interaction with it and I tend to get frustrated with it, my first assumption is operator error. Okay? And I think mom gets that feeling too. So again, we've got to work on the ease of use to make this a seamless experience for her. She wants to do photography. She's excited about the photography part of digital photography, but the digital part sounds like a lot of hassles. The last one, impressive and compelling output. The quote here is, people look at my albums. No one ever sees the pictures on my PC. And this is very important. The output that, that mom makes is truly a reflection on her. She sees it as that. And she's literally telling us in our research, she basically says, help me be a better mom. Or at least make me look like a better mom in the eyes of my family and friends. Because again, the viral nature, the interactive nature of the output and sharing uh, is basically the excitement that it generates is when somebody says, that was really cool, I'd kind of like to do that too. So make me look cool is what she's saying. Now, mom's a big target audience. 
for digital photography, obviously, mom's back. But there's two other large segments that bear some uh, conversation as well. The first is retirees, and the second is today's youth. And retirees, they have the time, they set aside money for their hobbies, and they're very passionate about preserving memories. My next-door neighbor, uh, Tom, uh, retired this past year. He literally spent the first six months of his retirement archiving the last 20 years of his family history with photos, blogs, and so forth. It was very important for him that he finally had the time to sit down and do this. So I think we know how to address the retiree market. It's about information, education, and inspiration of what they can do, what's possible, and really migrating them from analog to digital. The youth segment is very difficult, and I think a lot of us in the room are probably struggling with trying to figure out how are the youth of today going to be preserving their stories in the future. What we find today is that uh, the way that the youth today capture their personal memories or their personal photographs is really more of a disposable in nature, if you will. So the real question is, as they grow older, will they see the value of preserving the story or will it still be disposable moving forward? My hope is they also will see the value of permanence. Now, regardless of whether it's a mom, it's a retiree, anyone in the room, if you will, uh, one of the things we need to do as an industry is making sure that our customers know the power of digital photography in helping them tell their stories, preserve their stories, share their stories. The first part of this, and Ed kind of touched on it before, was the fact that we can do an awful lot of things in helping them first capture a good image. A lot of what we've done in HP and our digital cameras around real-life technologies is really making it simple and easy and intuitive to take a better picture. And then the next task is literally unleashing our customers' creativity. And this really comes, again, awareness and inspiration of what is possible with all this very cool new technology. There's also something to do with helping our uh, customers tell stories in the area of composition and arrangement. I picked this photo here as just a, a simple example of composition. Now, it's not a great photo. It's kind of fuzzy, and it's certainly up on this projector, it looks pretty dark. Uh, but, you know, I did this, I had a wine tasting trip with my wife and a, a couple from Los Angeles. And I could have taken a picture of our friend Jill standing with a glass of wine, smiling. But I thought this was a, a better representation of the, the story that I wanted to tell about the, the trip from a wine tasting standpoint. The composition of the photo makes it a little more interesting and tells the story in a slightly different way. Now, I did take the other photo of her standing there with a glass of wine, but this is a photo that, again, enhances the story. We talk about journals and blogs. You know, when we talk to uh, uh, all of our research, you know, a lot of the moms come back and they tell us, you know, if I had known that I could have done this kind of online photo book and I could really add text to it and I could do all this kind of stuff, I probably would have taken a journal written a journal during the trip. In fact, what we're finding is people are starting to plan out their vacations and plan time in their vacation for storytelling, for capturing parts of the story. Okay? One example that we use is uh, uh, when we see the types of photo books that our customers are putting together and, and the images that they're bringing in. Uh, one of the interesting things is we're finding that people are taking pictures of things they would never have taken pictures of 
back in the analog world. Simply, it wasn't affordable, and now the capture end of it is literally free. But they're taking pictures of things like street signs or restaurant menus, things like that. Had an opportunity to talk to the uh, president of the American Film Institute uh, a while back as we were talking about how we might work together to help communicate and talk about storytelling using photos to tell stories. And I related this example of the street sign or the menu. He says, Larry, that, that is the equivalent in the movie business of the close-up shot. It literally is uh, a, a, a very well-tested method of helping to enhance a story by having somebody zoom in on a piece of the story and it helps enhance it. Now these are things that people are kind of discovering on their own. But we as an industry can actually help them. Give them tips and tricks, uh, if you will. You're about to go off on your vacation. Why don't you prepare ahead of time? Think about taking or, or writing a journal. Think about the types of shots that you might take. Then think about what you want to do with those photos when you come back. The other feedback they give us is they want help, but they don't want to be told what to do. They want inspiration, but it's their story. It's their personal creativity. So they want help, but they don't want necessarily a full recipe for doing the story. I talked before about composition and arrangement. How you arrange your photos really makes the difference between capturing an event in time and telling a story. Now this is an example of uh, actually a contest we had inside of HP a couple of years back to coincide with our U plus HP advertising campaign. We basically asked our employees on one page, tell your story with photos. And then the senior executives, we were all told, you must lead by example, post your story too. So I was kind of scratching my head trying to figure out what, what I tell my story about and what happened to be that was my year that my son had just graduated from high school. And once you kind of get the idea, the story kind of flows. Now, I didn't win anything, and I'm still kind of bitter today about it. But I did get some very positive feedback about this story. And the reason is, to me, a good story connects on an emotional level, and a good story inspires other people to tell their stories. And this one connected on multiple levels. It connected with the employee base because they got a chance to see Larry as you know, a five, six-year-old, and then as a long-haired teenager. It connected with a lot of employees who have gone through this same story, right? They've seen their child grow up and reach a significant life milestone, like high school graduation. And then, of course, it, it uh, connected very well with my family because it's so personal uh, for us as a family. Now, the interesting thing about stories is we talk about a good story emotionally connects and it, it, it inspires other people to tell stories. It inspires you as well. So it was really amazing when I looked at this and I said, well, that, that's kind of cool. I wonder what would happen if I did it for the whole family. So you may see this as just a collection of 48 photos. To my family, this is a very intimate story. That's me on the top. And yes, they did have color photography when I was a boy. It's my wife on the bottom and my two children in between. And what's interesting, at least for me, in this story, and what my family does in looking at it is, every column and every row tells a different story. It's not just a collection of photos, it's a story. Now this next example will be one that literally can only be enabled in the digital world. The first two 
could have been done in the analog world. Take your scissors out, cut up the little photos, paste them out in a scrapbooking type way. This one can only be done digitally. Talk again about inspiration. I was inspired uh, when I saw a professional photographer, uh, Joel Meyerowitz, uh, had a, a, a display of his work, and he had a panorama where he was actually in it five different times. And I thought that was kind of creative and kind of cool. This is my daughter waiting for her senior prom date. Uh, this is her last big formal dance of high school. And I always kind of did different things from, uh, for my daughter uh, based on each dance and so forth to do something creative with photography. And I thought, boy, I remember I was inspired by Joel's panorama. And I said, I bet I could do that. I mean, my camera team's telling me how easy it is to use the HP digital cameras and the in-camera in panorama stitching and all that kind of good stuff. And so I decided to put it to the test. So I just set up my tripod in the entryway of my home, and I took two five-shot panoramas. And then I used the HP PhotoSmart software to stitch them together. And what I ended up with was kind of an interesting story. Okay? Dave, her boyfriend of two years, never shows up on time. And so it was kind of interesting to say, what is Nicole? What have I seen her do the last few times that Dave was late? And let's capture it in a story. So let's take a, take a closer look at this. So there she is looking out the peephole, kind of just uh, dazing off, practicing a few dance steps, sitting on the stairs, peeking around the pillar, sniffing the flowers. Admiring the artwork, and my favorite part comes up here, where she's talking to herself. <laughs> and ends up 360 degrees in my, family, or my living room there, playing the piano. So, you look at this and you say, that's oh, kind of a neat panorama, Larry. But man, it's kind of skinny and long. What do you do with an image like that? I mean, think about that being a PowerPoint eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, that's kind of a skinny little panorama. Fun, but what do you do with it? Well, I'm from HP. I say you print it big, put it on your wall. And that's what I did. Now this thing turned out to be one foot wide by eight and a half foot long, okay? Now when I got this back from the framers, I had some explaining to do to my wife. I mean, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I thought, you go down to Walmart, and you say, uh, I'd like one of those one foot by eight and a half foot frames, please. <laughs> Turns out, new. No, you got to go to a custom framer. And let me tell you, anybody in this room who complains about the price of ink, you really need to complain about the framers, okay? Because the, the price of ink of doing this compared to framing, it was a fraction of the cost. Now, you can share an image like what I've done the way I have, with hard copy. And let me tell you, this is something that Awful lot of photos on that wall. Obviously, photos are important to us. But everyone who comes in, they spend time looking at that story. It's very interesting to them. And I actually, I didn't mind. I didn't mind, but I didn't mind that much, the cost of framing it. Because I knew that what I was doing was preserving in hard copy a story that could be passed down for generations. As long as the next generation has a room at least eight and a half feet long. Now, you can share it, choose to share it in hard copy form, or you can do it from an electronic standpoint. And that brings me to my next story. 
Now that's a photo, okay? Abidon is actually one of the early pioneers and industry leaders in the area of digital storytelling. And she created kind of a very interesting piece of storytelling artwork, if you will, that captured 100 years of her family history. Let's blow it up a little bit. This is 1890 to 1919, starting with Abby's great-great-grandmother. And when I look at this timeline, if you will, what I see is a piece of virtual or digital scrapbooking. But it's much more than that, because it actually has an interactive nature to it. It was designed to be viewed on a PC, if you will, and you move your cursor over one of the photos, and all of a sudden text will show up and tell a story about the photo. Or an audio clip might start running and tell you about the story. You click on other pictures, and an actual video comes up of either Abby's great-grandmother, who was still alive at the time that she made this, her grandmother, her mother, and even Abby, talking about socially relevant topics of the time uh, during the whole timeline. So very interesting. I mean, she really created something that I think is, is very remarkable. You know, video montages and, and photo slideshows are very popular right now, and they're very cool. I do them all the time. I think they're great. But this is remarkable. Now, what's even more remarkable about this is that Abby first presented this piece of digital storytelling art in 1989. Now, why would I use an example from 1989 in a so-called visionary keynote? Well, let's take you back to my comments about photos, storytelling, inspiring people to do other projects, and how digital technology really can unleash your, your creativity. The remarkable project, inspiration you get from seeing something like this, combined with the digital technology we have today, everyone in this room should be able to create their own piece of personal, remarkable storytelling art. I mean, think about the possibility of an online, very simple template-driven genealogy site, or history site, if you will, where you could go on and you could create your own similar timeline like this. Add to that the community aspect of being able to have family and friends also connect into the timeline and post their blogs, their videos, their photos to help fill out the story of your family. That would be pretty powerful. Now, one other thing that you would think about. What if you had this site? What if I spent all that time and I created this? What if at the push of a button, you could repurpose all of that in multiple ways. The first way might be totally electronic, like Abby did here, an interactive one. The second one could be, I push a button and all of a sudden it burns a DVD, a video portion of this that literally scans the timeline. When it hits a photo, it triggers the photo to pop up, and whether the text pops up with it, or you start hearing the audio, or it uh, triggers the video to play, and then it continues with the timeline. Or think about with a push of a button, what if you were able to translate this completely into a professionally hardbound photo book where all of the text, all of the audio and video, the, the, the audio from the, uh, the, the video portion was immediately translated into text, but the software did it all for you. That'd be pretty cool. My wife wants that. I want that. But that's out there a bit. Well, let's pull it in and take a look at another example of something that's a little closer in, but very similar.
personal publishing, okay, started to become very big. You know, we talk about a, a story can start with one photo, and then we move to photo albums, and then we move to scrapbooking, and then there's digital photo books and digital scrapbooks and multimedia and so forth. We're now at the point in time where literally we can use wikis, widgets, and mashups to merge personal, public, and professional content to enhance your ability to tell your story. Now, to be honest, I don't know whether wikis, widgets, and mashups really belong in the same sentence or not, but my team told me it would enhance my credibility as a visionary to, to include it in the, in the presentation. But the point is, the technologies available today, we obviously have some work to do as an industry to work out the digital rights management on the professional side, but certainly the public content you can grab today. The last photo book I did, I took an awful lot of photos. I also uh, had uh, my friends share their photos. And then for some of the things that I forgot to take pictures of, I just went on the internet and pulled some public uh, information down to create my photo book. Very powerful. What's driving all of this? Connecting all of this is the internet. Connecting the home, online, outsourcing companies, retailers, and so forth. Connecting it such that elements of your story are available to you as a, as a consumer anywhere, anytime, or the whole story can be available to you anywhere, anytime. And remember what I said about the first revolution, the fact that the manufacturers and retailers kind of ignored mom? Well, they're not ignoring her anymore. In fact, they're working very hard to bring mom into the mainstream of digital photography. This is an example of a project between HP and Albertsons, a regional supermarket chain, where they're looking to totally redesign the way they work with mom in digital photography. And so they're creating a comfortable environment where mom can take a break from running all her errands and tasks and actually sit down and do some creative things. Get some advice from the photo associate. Get some inspiration for some of these creative projects. This is a CAD drawing of it. This next picture is actually the live store in Huntington Beach, California. It's been very successful with Albertsons, and they're looking at rolling this out to multiple stores now. And it's not just about the physical environment. It's about being connected. Because right now, you can upload your photos to Snapfish and then have them sent directly to retail stores and pick them up within an hour. In the future, you'll be able to go into these photo cafes and not worry about whether or not you remembered to bring your digital media card or your thumb drive or your, your disk with your images on it, you'll be able to pull those images straight down from your account at Snapfish and do your creative project and be able to take it home within the hour. So last couple of things, I know I'm, I'm, I'm out of time at this point, but a couple of call to actions that I think are important for all of us in this room. To really make storytelling seamless, we really need to focus on easy image access and search. It's pretty obvious. If you can't find your images, if you can't find your photos, it's hard to tell a good story. The second one is around simplifying the creative task. And I will, can't overemphasize awareness and inspiration. I remember about three years ago, I was presenting to the HP Executive Committee about photography and all the really cool stuff that our customers were going to be able to do with their images and all this. And I had one of the senior execs raise their hand and said, you know, Larry, do people really want to do that? And I, and I was almost shocked. And, I, and my response was, you know, the better question is, do they even know it's possible? And I think that's it. When we do research with people, we show them the types of things that they can do. And, and the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, how'd you do that? Where'd you do that? Because I want to do it too. 
Inspiration leads to your own personal creativity and telling your own story. And finally, Ed touched on it before, preserving the story. It's not just about uh, 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 backing up your hard drives and things like that. It's about the physical media that you're storing these things on. And I know it may be a little self-serving, but the reality is the most permanent method of preserving your images is in hard copy form. And still today our research shows that they say the way they like to share their uh, memories, their photos, is in hard copy form. Go back to that one voice of the customer where it said, you know, people look at my albums. No one ever sees my images on my PC. Now, storage technology, sharing technology, viewing technology is certainly improving, and it's going to improve into the future. But the last thing I'd ask in this is that we really think about how we migrate our customer through technology formats over time, because that's going to be critical. If you think about film uh, to uh, beta to VHS to you know, video CD to DVD to high-definition DVD to Blu-ray or whatever, that's an awful lot of transitions. You know, a story can start with one photo, but it ought to last for generations. So thank you for your time.